This is working the Beat. It is Sunday night, October 18th, 2020. I'm Kevin Coney. Well, with Mike Kern, it's our post-Eagles wrap-up. After the Eagles played valiantly in the second half. Um, after really not showing up in the first half. and uh, But they still lose 30-28 uh, to the Baltimore Ravens. They have more injuries to key players. Miles Sanders leaves the game with an ankle injury. Zach Ertz leaves the game. And now you got a short week to deal with. And uh, Michael Jack, your initial thoughts is, uh, you know, this was um, this was a weird one. Uh, you know, so many people are so optimistic. Uh, Carson Wentz give them a lot of credit for battling through, but I never felt like they were close in this game, even if the score is only two. Well, they were close to putting it into overtime. Yeah, I they mean. were. Um, first of all, before I get into that, let, let's sure. clear one th- one thing up because I, I was listening to post game live because I always do because I want to see what those guys have to say. And Seth was going on about uh, the, the decision to go for two after their first score, right? And how it affected the end of the game. It did affect the end of the game because they got two point on their next touchdown, so they still had fourteen. Yeah, which is what they would have had if they kicked two pats. And then so, they got, and then they got the two point conversion to make it twenty two. Well, I'm saying you you might not agree with what Doug did. I still don't understand the reasoning. He said he was trying to, in the long term, it gave him a better chance to win the game, which I find he's got to explain that to me. Um, I still think he just wants to go for two on their first score every time. But whatever, seventeen to eight does not give you a better chance to win than seventeen to seven. I don't think. Right. Maybe I am wrong. Um. But the, it did not factor into the final, like, if they could have won the game on a field no, goal. No, because you hit the two-point two conversions right. but after Seth that. Seth made it sound like they had given a point away, which they did at the time, but they rectified it by then getting their next one, and then they had to go for two, the second, the third touchdown to get within eight, Um, I believe, right? Yeah, it was third. Yeah. yeah. Right. So let's just clear that up, you know, and, and for the second straight week, and I'm not going to blame Elliott. Because last week was a 56-yarder that had the distance and was wide to the right. This one was also wide to the right from 52. He's got to make one of them, I think. Well, and not just that. Not just that. Then, you know, I'll I'll blame Doug on something else. On the fourth and one um, in the first half where they just sent Wentz over the top. Now, granted, Wentz gets it 90% of the time. And Wentz, they pass the field goal up for that. Um, they and the just, score was seventeen to nothing at the time. And the score was seventeen nothing at the time. I had no problem with that. And but I, you know there is there's two realms of logic. Now would I have gone for it? I probably would have. The other round the logic is you put something on the board to at least get some momentum going. No. But but at that point no. they had dri- that was a pretty long drive for them. And I no. think it was Charles Davis. I, I lost track of everything Charles Davis said today because he wouldn't shut the hell up. But uh, I think he made a good point. I agree with you about Charles Davis. I think he's a nice guy. I don't. Oh, remember. he's a great guy. But he, uh, Charles, you know, take a breath. If they, for if God's they sakes. kick a field goal there, the Ravens run off the field saying how they kicked the field goal. I agree with them. When you're down seventeen nothing and you have done nothing, a field goal ain't no, no. Maybe if it was fourteen nothing or ten nothing, if it was ten nothing, I say yeah, take get a field goal. You get within a touch. No, no, no. I had no problem with what with doing that, and, and like you said, Wentz makes that eight, nine out of ten times, 
and he just didn't. So, you know. And, uh, and this is where I'll give Wentz credit in a lot of sense, okay? And I think I think I, I – well, I did put it on Twitter, and I know there are other people who have said this. I thought at a point early in the third quarter, you would have been within your realm to take Carson Wentz out, not because he was – not because he was awful. Yeah, he wasn't great, but he wasn't awful. Okay, I, I was saying you could have, you would have been in your realm because if you have a game four days later, and your offensive line against one of the best defenses in the league was letting him get smashed, and I, I you know, I give Wentz credit. He got in there. He played pretty well in the second half to get him back close, throwing the guys who. To be honest, I'm still wondering how they're in the NFL, some of them. But I'm going to tell you something. Their wide receivers are better than their line. Yeah, their they're so, line, they're line's a mess right now. So, no, 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 no. It's beyond, no. Mess would be like, you know, maybe two, three guys. No, no, no. It's way beyond that. But here, here's the thing I'll take. All these people that want to bash Carson, okay? And I get it. He, the first couple games here, he, he played not well, okay? Um. I don't know if Carson's ever going to be an elite quarterback in the league. And by that, I mean, like, top five, top Mm -hmm. six. You know, Rodgers, we know who they are. Wilson, those kind of Mahomes, right. Well, yeah, Mahomes is on, well, sort of on another planet, but, you know, whatever. I mean, Rodgers came back to earth today, you know, but we know who those guys are, who they've been, who, you know, Breeze was one of those guys. He Mm -hmm. he probably isn't now, but he was one of those guys for a while. So, anyway. Right. Um, and he should have. And look, he would have won the MVP in 2017 if he doesn't get hurt. We we all know that. Just like the, the Baltimore quarterback won it last year and deserved to win it. He was great. But all the people that want to bash Wentz, well, watch the film of the second half. Watch the film of you know the Baltimore team. Kind of, I think at some point, just said, "Hey, we don't have to play." And the Eagles, to their credit, said, "We're going to keep playing," which mm-hmm. I think is what happens with young guys. And guys who don't know any better, um, and they're in there for the first time, and yeah, they might lack in skill, but they're just they're playing. They're just they're just out there playing. They don't know any better. And that forty yard run that Carson made on a play where he didn't have to do that, right? You know, he, I think that kind of ignited him a little bit, or a lot, perhaps. And you know, the pass he threw for the one touchdown. I mean, you know, he just and if you can't appreciate. And I'm not saying total skill. I'm just talking about what Carson has inside of him, his competitiveness, uh, game, or I don't know, whatever word you want to throw in there. Right. Um, that's what he had today. And, and look, I'm not saying that he's going to have that every week, but uh, I think he has it most weeks. I'm mm-hmm. not saying he has it all the time. but I think. And so people that are going to knock him, and they're good luck. When the team's 1-4-1, the quarterback's going to get knocked, just like the defensive coordinator's going to get knocked, even though, like, Five of the Ravens' touchdown drives today were like under 50 yards, I think, or scoring drives. Um, but you know, I, I just think people got to appreciate what Carson is. Um, that he's he, he's really he, he can be really good, and he's not going to be one of those guys probably, uh, especially playing with the with what he's got around them, which is insane. Kevin, they were down. I think the only two starters were him and Kelsey, right? Right. When Miles goes out and Ertz goes out, okay, I mean, they're your two best weapons, mm-hmm. probably. I mean, next to um, the wide receiver who's come on, Fulgham. Uh, Fulgham. Um, and you're, that's what you're playing with. Yeah. I mean, 
He, they were down to, I think, two third-string linemen? Yep. You can't play in the NFL if you're playing the Jets. You're going to have a tough time. They were playing the Ravens. You may still win, but you'd have a tough time, sure, you, you, <laughs> if you're playing the Jets. Playing the last two weeks. Now, look, I, I'm not into moral victories. I'm not, I didn't expect them to win either game. I thought the Steeler game could be close. I wasn't sure about today. Um, but they played two teams that have has one loss between the two of them and could have won both games. Well, and, and I think that's where if you're going to take anything positive out of this, and you're right, there's no moral victories in the NFL. But the positive you take out of it is, you know, when this stretch began, you had serious questions about the starting quarterback, how awful he looked in uh, the game against the Rams and the, the, the game against Washington. And Cincinnati. And Cincinnati until the fourth quarter. He did look until better the in the fourth quarter. quarter. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, And then, you know, they, he played decent in San Francisco. Uh, He played pretty well last week, and I thought he played decent to well again today. So now you're entering this stretch of the schedule where you get the three games against the division opponents, and if he plays like this against those three, in those three games, they have a good chance of winning. And so... Well, assuming they have enough people to play. I mean... We're, we're making a lot of assumptions here. They're playing Thursday night. Um, yeah, so you may not have Sanders, and you may not have Ertz, and, and, and Wentz is probably going to be still smarting. Um, I don't know what their line's going to look like. I have no freaking idea what their line's going to look like. Um, so, I, it, I mean, in all seriousness, you could be playing with Wentz mm-hmm. um, the center, and nine other guys. Yeah. Now, Fulgham, Fulgham looks like he's not one, like just another guy. Uh, you know, Ward gives you something. The tight end, uh, Rodgers, you know, he, he's not a horrible player. Um, but that's a lot asking you to go out and win games with that kind of offense is almost, you know, but they are playing the Giants. So, uh, look, they're going to be favored, Kevin, I'm, I'm assuming, unless something stupid happens. They're going to be favored the next three games, I would think. Yeah, especially since the Dallas game's at home. Hey, I mean, at worst, it'll be a pick em. Right. You know, um, and I'm assuming they'd probably be a slight favorite up at New York in in four weeks or three weeks or whenever the hell that is. Right, coming off um, a bye. Right. Um, which, may, which may be the point where at least you may have some... Uh, I'm, I'm actually looking up the one line for next week, so... Um, I will tell you they're they're a um I will say oh you mean you do you have I'm a looking, line for I'm Thursday? I'm looking up night? the line for Thursday night on Fox. I'll but. say f- Eagles four. Uh Eagles are five and a half. Okay. Well but that's because they yeah. That 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 makes sense. I don't know if they should be favored by five and a half, but the Giants aren't very good. And the over under right now is forty six. Well, I mean every team in the league. I was looking at some of the games today, just the final scores. I mean, half the games are in the 60s. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know if that's just the way the league is. I don't know. Yeah, because, But, I mean, I've never seen a team, in my memory, line have two of 11 starters play on offense by the end of the game. I've never seen that before. No, I've never seen And that. usually those teams lose by three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what to make of it. I... I you know, it, it's better than losing 38 to, to, to 14. It doesn't get you anything in the standings. 
Um, and then and Doug was Doug looked like he was a little. Did you see the post game? I did not. Doug? I I I flipped over to the other game at that. point. You missed a good one. The the Doug was a little um, salty. Doug? Like, no, no, no. He was well. He was mad. I mean, you could tell because it was like, you know, we could have won that game, or we could have been in overtime in that game, or or you know, and, and the last play came up, you know, and he took. He didn't get it, but he said that that's my fault, you know, whatever. I don't know if he called the wrong play because somebody asked him about the execution. He wouldn't get into the execution. But then Les asked him a question. Right. And this was about maybe the eighth question in, and and, and this is exa- pretty much how Les phrased it. He said, Doug, you know, the, the fourth quarter was was unbelievable or words to that effect. But, you know, in the first half, you, you know, which the first six possessions netted about no yards. Right. He said the first half you, you had trouble getting anything going. And, you know, w- what do you think was the reason for that? And Doug got this look on his face. He paused for about four seconds, five seconds. And you could say, and, and he just said, did you watch the game? And, and, and I think I understood what Les was asking. I don't think it came across that way. You know what I'm saying? In right. The, in the um, or at least Doug certainly didn't take it that way, but that was the story that I read. Les's stories after the game. One of his stories was about how you know the first half why they couldn't get anything going till late in the first half. Um, but Doug was, I mean, you could you could tell Doug was, and he you know you could tell he's proud of this team. You can tell he's proud of the right. way they played, and he couldn't heap enough praise on on Carson. Um. You know, and I'm of the belief that if they had tried to take Carson out, it would have been like um, when the when the manager goes out to take the pitcher out, like in the eighth inning or seventh inning, and he won't give him the ball. You know, um, I, I you know, I I don't know if how well that would have sat with Carson. And we did see we did see um, Jalen Hurts, Jalen, more of Jalen Hurts this week in the second quarter, yeah. and he actually you know made a few positive plays. Yeah, he did. I, you know, and the and the question, the question becomes: It's not even a, a knock on Jalen Hurts. It's a question of the thing with the Jalen Hurts pick has always been: Could you have used that to something that would have helped now? Now, I'm not saying Howie Roseman should have seen four of his five offensive line, starting offensive linemen going down, but there is a point that they were getting older. And I know they had spent for Andre Diller last year, but the rest of their depth in the offensive line was in question anyway. Now, my tie uh, has not looked awful, but, I mean, it's a question of priorities, and I think that's one thing that, you know, whenever we break this season down, we'll, the Eagles have to examine where their priorities are at this point with where they draft and how they develop. Well, they wanted They wanted a good backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they, they made that decision. And quite frankly, the way the Eagles draft sometimes, I mean, you know, who's to say if that they would have hit on it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe they would have, maybe they wouldn't have. I don't think they would have taken an offensive lineman there. I don't think, um, I I don't know what they would have taken. Would they have taken another receipt? I, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's always going to be the $64,000 question is, you, you know, and how much is Hurts going to help them this year or even next year? You know, I the, the problem with guys like Jalen Hurts, and this is a a um a prejudice, I guess I have on my part. So I, I, whenever you have guys like Kyler Murray, um, even the Baltimore quarterback to a certain degree, 
although he certainly, when you win the MVP, any quarterback that is almost more dangerous with his legs than his arm yeah. is, is a hard to put a value on because, you know, it's like that's not the way NFL is played. Now, I know it's changing. I know there's more of a premium being put. And, and when you get a guy like last year, the year he had, it was nuts. You know, and he, he deserved the MVP and all that. But, like, you've had this conversation with me. If push comes to shove and you, you're trying to win a Super Bowl, you know, can that kind of a quarterback win? Now, Russell Wilson, people used to think of Russell Wilson a little bit like that. Russell Wilson has evolved. He's no, nowhere near like that. I'm watching um, him throw the ball today. Every pass was sidearm. Um, it, it just – like, I don't know if Jalen Hurts can be a quarterback in the NFL – that could no. be a star quarterback. I, I honestly God, don't know. But I thought the same about Dak Prescott. Yeah. You know, and Dak Prescott's a pretty darn good quarterback. I mean, he's not great, maybe, but he's you know, he's pretty good. So I don't know. That that was my whole thing with Jalen Hurts was not only were you taking a chance in the second round, but you weren't taking a traditional quarterback, mm-hmm. although the NFL was evolving into those kind of quarterbacks now. Yeah. So maybe the Eagles were trying to be ahead of the um the learning curve. I, I don't I don't know. I'll, I, you know. Uh, um, let me touch on a couple other things here before we get into some, uh, some other issues uh, around the league. Uh, one of them, though, concerns the Eagles. There was a report by Jason Lockenfora this morning that says that Howie Roseman's already, by the way, the trade deadline is two and a half weeks away um, in the NFL. It's election day, in case you wanted to keep track of it on your own. Um that Howie Roseman is still considered a buyer and is looking at the edges to help his team for this year. What's he looking for? I would assume linemen, and I would think linebackers. Yeah, see, to me, the linebacker thing is a lost cause. Yeah. Because that's not what... Well, I, I, I would say that I would say linemen may be a lost cause at this point. Yeah, but I, what I'm saying is they still need linemen. They don't think they need linebackers. Um. So, but I mean, what are you going to get? Like, like, I, I don't, and what do you have to give up? Right. Draft, it's going to be draft picks, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, but if you're the Eagles, I mean, I understand why you're a buyer because if you win this crappy division, you're going to be in the playoffs. Now that might not be a big deal to us, but could that, could that hurt you more down the road? It's not the point. The, the point is, you're trying to make the playoffs. If you were in a division where the leader w- was four and one right now, mm-hmm. you might sit there and say, ah, you know, it's going to be tough. We, you know, we're in Green Bay's division or we're in uh, Seattle's division, or but they're, they're not. Um, now, I will say this: after they play Dallas in two weeks, which is before the trade deadline, if they were to lose that game, yeah, maybe it changes their thinking. Uh, maybe if they're two games behind the Cowboys, knowing they have to go to Dallas late, maybe they would be less willing to give up draft picks. But again, how many draft picks of theirs turn into Nothing. somebody had a story on the on the online? I think it was Dave Murphy that I read. Something like nine of eleven starters on Baltimore's defense were drafted, and I think four of them or five of them were fifth or sixth rounders. Mm-hmm. Think of that. Think yeah. about that. Um, and I mean, they were they were eating Carson's lunch. I mean, 
I felt sorry for the guy. He took some shots, Kevin, that were just hellacious. I yeah. mean, they were. And kept bouncing up, and everybody, like, yells, oh, he's brutal and all that. No, that's a no. That's a tough guy. I mean, the injuries have happened. I can't excuse them. Or I can't, you know, I can't say that, you know, you don't have some concern over him. But, you know, it's not because of him. It's not because well, of think about his injuries. He's diving into the end zone. And he gets okay? hit. And, yeah. And the, and the knee, yeah, okay, that's not brittle. I don't... You know, what was he? He was trying to score a touchdown. He did score a touchdown. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, you could argue maybe he shouldn't have been diving like that, but we see that happen all the time. The second injury was a was a broken bone in his back, right? Yeah. So what wh- what's he supposed to do about that? Yeah. I mean, That's I, not like something that you have, you know. <sighs> I, I, I'm, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know and what him, and they brought him back too fast. Because coming off the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you know, the plan was everybody, and he came back, but Foles played the first two games, and people forget this. He didn't play that well. No. So all of a sudden, let's put Carson back in in game three, and then by game seven, Carson was not Carson. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he is. I, I mean, he look, he's been injured a lot. He was injured in college. Um, I don't know, man. He kept getting up today. I, 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 I and. You know, I mean, where in, in all seriousness, if he were to go down and have to go out, where is this team with Jalen Hurts? Uh, probably on its way to like three, twelve, and one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, that, and that's no knock on Jalen Hurts. I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying he's not ready. You can tell he's not ready. Mm-hmm. You know, he makes he makes positive plays because that's what he does. And and I think you've you've actually seen. I think the NFL is catching up a little bit. Yeah, with the uh, Ravens quarterback. Now he made that great play today, where he scored the touchdown. Um, he had a couple scrambles where he got, but there was a lot of times where the Eagles had him pretty bottled up. Yep, and kind of looked like they almost knew what was coming. Um, so I don't know. You know, who who knows? Um, uh, other items around the league. Um, as we're recording this, as the Niners Rams game is going on. The biggest game of the day was the Packers, you know, who scored the first 10 points and then let Tampa Bay put up 38, and Aaron Rodgers didn't look good. Uh, he got hit. He got hit. He a lot got too. hit a lot too. And their offensive line, uh, their offensive line looked weak, and they had a big injury along the line. Meanwhile, you know, you had Nick Foles go to five and one with mm-hmm. the Bears. Uh, as they held on against, um, as they get uh, held on against Matt Rule and the, and the Panthers, kind of mm-hmm. where where do you see? Like if I if I'm gonna, I'll ask you right up front: Who's the best team in the NFC right now? Do you have a feel? Well, I'd probably go with Seattle because of Green Bay losing, and they have um, a bye this week, so we should point yeah, that. Out. I mean, you know, but there's still a. I mean, there, you know, I, I'm not sold on the Bears. I still don't think the Bears are in that realm. But the record's five and one, so you know they went down and beat a, a decent Carolina team. They were three and two, um, so you know. But things happen. I mean, the Chiefs haven't looked great, right? As a matter of fact, I mean, well, I went to get to them in a second. I okay, went to well, do then the, I won't say anything no, no. About them. But but I mean the the NFC, it's tough to really get a read because even the even the Seahawks. I mean, the Seahawks are the best player in the league right now. 
or the guy who's played the best at this point through the first five weeks. I mean, but their but their defense is vulnerable, and we've talked about that in the past couple of years. So, Kevin, you're a third of the way through the season. Yeah. The last year, New England was eight zero, mm-hmm. and everybody, and they finished four and four and lost in the playoffs. So, you know, I don't know who's going to emerge as the best team. I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be one of those three or four teams that we're looking at now, whether that's Green Bay, Seattle. I mean, if you want to throw Chicago in, hey, throw Chicago in. Uh, yeah. you know, um, I still think the Saints, when they get whole, can be pretty good. Tampa. Tampa. You certainly got to consider Tampa. Um, and maybe the Rams. You know, I don't I I know they they were losing early tonight. Yeah, it's thirteen it's uh uh fourteen six, I think now. Okay. And and that wouldn't be a good loss for them, but no. it is a rivalry game and maybe the forty ers are are less banged up than they were two weeks ago when they played the Eagles. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, but in no mention of that is the NFC East champion no. mentioned, um, nor rightful, rightfully they shouldn't. No, they, 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 but that doesn't mean they won't host a playoff game and maybe win the playoff game because uh, we've seen that before. Uh, in the, the, the other thing, obviously the, there's only one, oh, win- there was, there was one other big game, but you're going to get to that in a second. Well, yeah. Uh, the, the the other big game Tennessee playing their second game in five days. Well, that wasn't the one, but okay. Which one were yeah. you talking? Oh, uh, uh, Browns and Steelers. Yeah, that was a big game. Yeah. I mean, so was- the Titans and the well, we should say the Titans and the Steelers are the two teams in the AFC remaining undefeated. There's only right. three undefeateds left. Seahawks, obviously, the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, they will play, I believe, next Sunday night. Um, That's the game that was postponed or moved back or right. Um, yeah. I mean. And Tennessee doing it, second game in five days. They were down, and you mentioned, uh, you and I were talking well, they were up They were up early. They were killing them. Yeah, they were up uh, 21-7 at one point, then fell behind, then took the lead, then fell behind again, and Romeo Cornell went for two. And it's a, it's a thing we talked about with Doug, obviously, earlier. These coaches are going for two. Ron well, Romeo, Rivera- Romeo's is different, though. Well, Romeo, we should point out also Ron Rivera in his game went for two at the end for the win. That's different. But that's, that's totally different, different when you have a team like the uh, Washington. No, Ron, Ron's going for the win. That, that's a totally mm-hmm. different thing. Romeo, and, and I can only assume it was because he was like, you know, the testosterone was motoring or whatever. They scored to go up seven. Okay. And there's, there was like. With 150 minute. left. Yep. Okay. You kick the extra point. You go up eight. If the Titans come, that you have a ninety-eight percent chance. They 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 said that they, they had a ninety-eight percent chance to win the game at that point. By going for two, the Titans only had to kick an extra point after they scored with four seconds to go. But the, it didn't change by going for two. He didn't increase his chances of winning the game as he thought he was. I, I just don't. You you have to. You can never get carried away. To the point where you make it easier on the other team, and I understand if he if he gets the two point conversion, the game's basically over. Mm-hmm. He's up nine with a minute fifty to go. But if you're up eight with a minute fifty to go, you that sh- you should still be able to win that game. Um, and you can't lose the game no. in regulation, which is what you have to guard against. I think, but you know, uh, he didn't, and and they and he actually you got to cover on Tennessee. Yeah, I was just gonna say Tennessee this ended up winning by six when they were favored by four. <laughs> right. Um, Tennessee total yards six hundred and one today. Well, well, it's the NFL. Uh, 
And Derrick Henry rushes 22 times for 212 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, well, one of the reasons they, they, they speculated that he might have gone for two, in fact, they asked J.J. Watt about it, was that he didn't have confidence in the defense right? to hold them, and J.J. didn't like the question. J.J. J.J.'s got to chill out. Well, he's a, when you're three-time defensive player of the year, I guess you can yeah. do whatever you want. Uh, you know, we've all kind of assumed that the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC, and obviously last week they had a bad week against the, the Raiders. Uh, now with Pittsburgh and Tennessee undefeated, are they rightfully in the conversation for best team in the AFC? They're, they're the are they legitimate? Team. Are they a legitimate threat to the Chiefs? Here's my take on the Chiefs: is they're the best team till somebody beats them in the playoffs. Okay. So Patrick Mahomes overcame three double-digit deficits last year in the playoffs. So the thing about the Chiefs is, and look, they they may not win it again. They may not even get to the Super Bowl again. You know who knows? But they have shown that they can do that with mm-hmm. Mahomes. They got Le'Veon Bell now. Um. They're the team to beat. And now, they may not have the number one seed. They may not be that team this year. But to me, you got to beat the Chiefs because the Chiefs can go into Pittsburgh and win. The Chiefs can go to Tennessee maybe and win. I mean, I think Vrabel's done a great job there. He's, he's done whatever he's done with Tannehill is beyond description. But can people go to KC and win? You know, they, they, they I mean, the, the Titans had him beat last year and the Houston's had him beat. Um, and the Niners had him beat, and nobody could beat him. So Mahomes is the X factor in all this, mm-hmm. as far as because Tannehill's not Mahomes, Roethlisberger at thirty five is not Mahomes. Right? Doesn't mean they can't beat him. Just means they're not Mahomes. Uh, and by the way, there's some teams in this league that are absolutely. If you think your team's bad or one for. There are some teams in this league. Well, the if Jets. Adam I watched it. I, if Adam Gaze has a job tomorrow, then well, the New York Jets owner should be fired. Well, Mike Lombardi actually said, uh, you know, I guess he was on FAN on Friday. And Mike Lombardi's comment was, why do you want Adam Gaze fired? He's doing exactly what you want him to do at this point if you're a Jet fan, well, which is the lose. But that's not the reason you play not, football. No, but. To draft the number one guy three years after you drafted the number three guy. Three guy. Um, you know, and, and my take on all this is, and it's funny, Todd Bowles was the defensive coordinator for Tampa today. To, and today to, just absolutely be bamboozled uh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Which just goes to show he's a really great defensive coordinator, maybe. But you went from Bowles to Gaze? Yeah. And and Bowles is, is probably the better of the two? Well, and I, mean, I, I actually watched a little bit of the Jet game because there was only two late games. And, I you know, with the DirecTV, I had the, the package on. And they uh, he had it like a split screen, so I'm watching it, and they kept showing Joe Douglas up in the booth, and Joe Douglas looked like a guy who had like, why did I take this job? Face going, even through a mask, like like he knows that something has to realistically be done. But if you're if you're Joe Douglas, do you risk do you risk putting yourself on the firing line, and you know by by getting ready of the head coach right now, and and perhaps risking what could be the number one pick. He ain't going to get rid of the head coach. The owner would get rid of the head coach. It's not. No, Joe, I think I think Joe Joe's has the power to f- fire him. But Joe's not going to do that. Joe's going to say to the owner, "Hey, you know, whatever." Um, I mean, this week the defensive coordinator called him out. Yeah. Um, you know, but they're pointing fingers. There, it, it's it's just it's a joke. 
it's it's an absolute joke that you bought this guy in after his three years at the Dolphins. What did he do with the Dolphins to deserve that job? Yeah, you look at Tannehill now compared to what he was in Miami under Gaze, and it's amazing. Adam Gaze just has that look. I mean, his whole career is based on the fact that he coached Peyton Manning at one point in time, I think. That's kind of the thing, which is wonderful. I'm going to tell you right now. You know who coached Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning is who coached Peyton Manning. (laughs) So, and and that's wonderful that, you know, uh, that Adam Gaze was the guy whispering in his ear. But, I mean, really. Um, So, the the Jets are going to get, you know, so they wasted a Donald pick. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and my take on it is that Donald will go somewhere and be decent. He'll he'll go somewhere, and I'm not saying he'll do what Tannehill's doing. No, but he'll he'll, he'll have a decent career, yeah. I agree. I mean, it was was almost like when Sanchez came to the Eagles. I mean, he had some decent moments with the Eagles. Yeah, the chip. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't great, but he he won a couple games for him. He beat the Cowboys the one year. Um, Then he went to Green Bay, got smoked, and they never heard from him again. I mean, that's kind of where it happened. Hey, you know what? You can say a lot of things about Mark Sanchez. He won four playoff games all on the road. Yep. With with a defensive head coach. I'm not sure. I, I could be wrong about. It. I mean, I don't know if there's another quarterback in the league that's that did that. There, 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 there may be, you know, somebody back in the day, but nobody does right. that. Dueling and almost made the Super Bowl because they had the Steelers mm-hmm. almost beat that one year. Yeah, dueling Monday night games tomorrow night. Well, not dueling. One starting at five and one starting at eight. Uh, and the bigger one is the Chiefs at the Bills. How much will we find out about Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills tomorrow night? Well, how much will you find out about the Chiefs? I mean, you know, the Chiefs are coming off a loss at home. They didn't, you know, they didn't look bad to the Raiders. You know, it's a, it's a rival, I guess, still. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a huge statement game for Buffalo. Yeah. Because I think they're coming off a loss, too. Right? Yeah, they, they lost on Tuesday night to, um, okay. to, to uh, Tennessee. So you're getting the Chiefs at home. Uh, sort of a big national crowd. If it's a five o'clock game, there it won't be as much. But hey, everybody's home now because of COVID anyway. So right, you know. But it's their chance to beat. If Buffalo don't get many chances like this. No, so, no. And and if you're Buffalo, you look at it too. All right, you're four and one going into this, and you could jump two games ahead of of New England in that division, and that's. What they have to focus on. They they don't have to focus right. on necessarily edging out Kansas City or Tennessee or something. They have to they have to just stay ahead of New England at this yeah, point. But they can think that way too, because you know, if you're in a if you're in a bad division I mean, I'm that look, the Dolphins come and play, so I can't but you're in a division with the Jets, you're in a division with the Dolphins, who probably aren't going to finish above five hundred. Oh, I don't know about that. I, well if they but if they but do, they, they do they're, they're gonna be yeah, they're gonna be a seven they're, seed. Yeah. They're okay. Um, and New England is, you know, is two and three. They've had some COVID issues. Um, you know, I mean, but why, if you're Buffalo, why, why wouldn't you think, hey, if I win this game, maybe I can get the 13 wins or something like that. Maybe yeah. 13 wins. I mean, but but I don't think they're thinking like that. No. I think they're thinking that the defending champs are coming into our building. They're going to be pissed off because they just lost a game at home to the Raiders. Um, and we have a chance. You know, now there's going to be no fans there, I guess, right? Or uh, very or little, whatever. yeah, kind right. of like silly that. Right. So you don't get that because it would be nuts if it were. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it's a statement game, but but you know, Kansas City, 
I, I mean, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me either way who wins the game. Yeah. It, it, because I could see it either way. But man, if the Chiefs lose, I mean, you know, they'd be three and two, right? And then, yep. You know, I mean, and then all Ari- of a sudden. And, and Arizona then their third road game in three weeks, they get Dallas tomorrow night. That's the second yeah. Monday night game. That's a big game for the Eagles. I mean, people in Philadelphia will probably be watching because, um, yeah, you don't, you know, if Dallas wins now, all of a sudden they have three wins. Um, I don't know who Dallas gets next week. Uh, Dallas next week gets Washington. Okay. So there's a good chance if mm-hmm. Dallas wins tomorrow, they could come in here with four wins. Yeah. And That's- then if they beat the Eagles here, then it's lights out. It, it's it's close to lights out. Yeah, yeah it I is. Mean, you know, yeah. Given the Eagles' second half schedule, it's probably lights out at that point. Well, they would they would be five and five and three, five and three, and, and the, the Eagles, Eagles would be, would be two, five and one. one. Yeah, it, it'd be tough. And you wouldn't have the primary tiebreaker, which would be two wins in the division, or two wins against the uh, right head to head. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's just you know common sense. That that should that should be a really interesting game tomorrow because the Cardinals aren't bad. Um, like you said, it's their third road game in a row, which usually is not good. And Dallas is playing with Andy Dalton, but yeah. as I told you when we made our picks the other day, I would lean towards the Cowboys because I don't think the Cowboys are going to be as bad with Dalton as people think they're going to be. They're not going to look. He's not Dak. I'm not saying they're not a Dak. Super Bowl contender, but they're also not. Well, Andy awful. Dalton made the playoffs a lot of times. Yeah, he never won a uh, playoff game. Never won a playoff game, but I don't think he had these weapons at Cincinnati. No. No, I agree. The problem with Dallas is, is their defense is brutal. Stinks. Yeah, I mean, that that could be a high-scoring game. And Cincinnati, and Cincinnati had better defenses than what Dallas has right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it'll it'll be – how Dallas's defense got this bad, I have no clue. But they are horrible. Uh, Before we get – uh, to some other thoughts, there was a fil- a bit of Phillies news today. Um, yeah, I saw that. Uh, pitching coach Brian Price decided one year was enough, uh, citing in a in a uh, question or I'm reading Jim Salisbury's story on it now as we were sitting there. Uh, decided he was he had two years remaining in his contract and decided he wanted to spend more time in Phoenix, and up then resigned. And, well, he uh, said it was, corona, it was the Corona thing that, um, yeah, because he's only fifty-eight years old. Uh, yeah, but I've been in law around uh, around long enough to know that this has been a one hundred and sixty-two games season. Would have had good stretches, given the nature of the season. We couldn't find a hot hand, and that led to perpetual underperformance. Started hitting me in my apartment in Philadelphia all by myself. Price said, "I went to the apartment from from the apartment to the park, the park to the apartment. I felt very isolated." That was not the sole component of the decision, but having my awareness of the time I was missing with family. So, well, Kevin, the one thing I think we miss in, in all this oh, it's because the human I'm in my aspect. I'm, oh, I'm in my house with my wife. I, I I see people. I'm out. You know, I can go to McDonald's and go. I mean, these guys, all these athletes, even the ones in the bubble, and and they could associate with their teammates and stuff. You know, but we don't get it. Like I I think what really goes into this now. Bryce Harper could go home every night. You know, I, I mean, I don't know if, if his family was living here or if they stayed back in Vegas. I, I don't know that. But this guy, what he's saying to you is, I went back to an empty apartment, apartment. Yeah. For, four, for four months or whatever it was, three months. That's hard, man. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you're, you know, maybe when you're 25, it's not so bad. I don't know. 
sit there and play video games or something. Or I, I mean, I, I but yeah. You know. And your and your thing even you know your thing was very limited to how much you could even go out to eat. You know, yep. Obviously, restaurants were closed for a large portion of the time. Yep. That's right. I mean, you know, you're on an airplane, you're in a hotel room, and when you're on the road, you can't leave your hotel room with the MLB protocols. Yep. It, 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 it's a very lonely lifestyle. and it, Everybody it, thinks that room service thing is great. Like, when you've never done room service, it's like, wow, let's order room service. Uh-huh. That's cool. And after you do it for, like, the third day, you're like, ah, I don't want to do this no more. Yeah. yeah I, you know, I, I don't. Yeah, it's... um. I mean, look, we've been on the road. I know sometimes I've been on the road for three or four days at a time when maybe I was the only guy on the road. Maybe mm-hmm. it wasn't like, and you get, you're, you, after a while, you're like looking at the walls saying, I want to go home. Well, and I can tell you when, when we made the run in 16 with Villanova, to the final four. Now, remember, I was coming right from spring training. So I had, I think, a combined four days home and about a 30, 40 stretch between, you know, going to, you know, to Brooklyn, back down, going to Louisville, back then the Houston and, and all that a- after coming from spring training and then going down, doing the Big East tournament. So, yeah, I mean, the roads, the road, why gears but on you that. weren't, and you think about this, but and when I was able to go out to a isolated. restaurant. Yeah, you were, and, and you, and you were with guys, right? You were with all of us. Um, you know, you weren't going somewhere and staying by yourself for seven now, days. No, the only thing, the only thing that was weird, actually, now I think back at it, was I got to Houston, I think, Tuesday night, and you guys got there Wednesday. You flew, you flew through a thunderstorm, and I just, I guess, for a cheaper ticket. No, we, I think we flew. Uh, you might be right. We, um, we did fly through a thunderstorm. Thunderstorm. I I, yeah, and I, I remember, and we, I stayed out in the suburbs and at that point i had nobody out there and that was really tough when you didn't know anybody else yeah i've i've been in in cities where i just went to the mall right just so i could walk around and do something but again we're talking pre-covid times obviously now with covid it's way worse and uh I, i mean i understand i mean look i'm assuming that's his reason i'm assuming it's there's not another reason like i like the pitching suck this year, and, and I don't want to. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine Joe Girardi would have went to him a year after he bought him in and said, "Hey, I maybe it's in your best interest to get out of here." Not after sixty games, and when you have right. him under so contract, I'll, I'll take yeah. him at his word for it. But the interesting thing was, I think it was in Matt Breen's. I think Matt wrote the story. Um, the name that came up was the guy who was the Phillies pitching coach in eight, Rick Doobie, in in oh eight, right. Yeah, Rich Doobie's name has been brought up. This will be their fifth pitching coach in five seasons. Yeah, that's almost impossible, isn't it? McClure, Rick Kranitz, who's now with the Braves, who are playing in Game 7 as we speak of the NLCS. Dude, that guy Anderson's pitching. Yep. Yeah, skim milk draft, baby. That's almost like Will Smith hitting a home run off Will Smith the other night. And uh, what was it, Friday or Saturday night? Um, that, might be a, that might be one of the dumbest things Middleton's ever said. Or that, will that wasn't say. that wasn't a good thing. No, it wasn't. But you're talking about all the young pitchers the Phillies have had. The worst mistake was getting rid of Kranitz because he had built a little bit of a rapport because he was a bullpen coach under uh, McClure, <laughs> and now it's like you know just this whole idea of of here we go again. It's going to be another new voice. Yep. It's going to hurt them. It really is. 
hey, look, it's, you know, when, when you're a franchise that has been wandering in the desert for, for a decade or a better part of a decade, this is usually, there's usually reasons like this why it happens. Yeah. I mean, when the Braves were really good, there was stability there. There was one pitching coach and one manager. Yeah, and, and, and you know, that's how, you know, hopefully you want yep. your franchise to be. Um, Shit, but, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll use the example with Doobie. Uh, you know, when the Phillies were good, Doobie was here. Uh, Charlie was here. They switched their hitting coaches maybe once. Um, you know, they, they, they had stability in their in their top round of coaches. Yeah, well, I mean, look, Jimmy Williams left, but Jimmy Jimmy thought he right. deserved the manager's paycheck. That's why Jimmy got or yeah. Jimmy left. Um, yeah, look, I mean, the best thing a manager can have going for him is a good staff, and what makes a good staff, I don't know. You would know better than I would. Um, but you know, I, I remember for a while they had Davy Lopes here. I thought Davy Lopes was a great guy to have on staff. Um. But you know that didn't work out after a while, and, and he he left. And um, but it depends. I think it depends what the makeup of your ball club is, like what you think you have to get across to guys. You know, if you have young pitchers, you know, there's certain guys that might be better with that, as opposed to having veterans. And I think that's why you bringing guys like McCutcheon, um, to kind of be. I mean, they're almost kind of like having player coaches, right? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I, I you know, by, by I, I the way, still think the only thing that, that I care about is if they sign the catcher. <laughs> by the way, as we're talking, I, I um I had the Braves Dodgers game on, and I'm going to give you a pet peeve on baseball playoffs 2020. Okay, fundamentally, these guys suck. Even good teams absolutely suck. Because I just saw. There was a ground ball. It was first and third. Nobody out. I saw, I saw a ground ball hit the turner a third. Okay, he comes home, gets Dansby, uh, uh, Dansby uh, 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 Swanson at the plate. Okay? And the Braves are winning this game, right? And the Braves are winning this game right now. It's 3-2 in the fourth as we record this, okay? Dansby Swanson gets hit at the plate. Austin Riley, the, the, um, the third baseman, comes around second and... Turner is basically right next to the bag and he comes home or he goes all the way to third and he, he's tagged out. So it's a double play. It's a five, two, five, four, six double play. It's like, what are you doing? Like, I get you want to maybe take the, the runner spot at third, but it's like, well, that's why the runners should get in a rundown, but I guess he, he did get in a rundown and, and, but the, the second ba- or the guy at second has to take a look and see where the hell, Everybody is. I, 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 I just, oh, Kevin, I see when I watch baseball now, and even when I watch football, it's all sports. Well, I, I can't speak for hockey because I'm not. There are more dumb. You see players do things, and you'll say, why did they do that? You know, I haven't played football in, since I was 14 years old, mm-hmm. and I know there's certain things, like you'll see things, and you'll say, why, like, why did you do that? Like, I know not to do that. And I just shake my head anymore because I don't know if it's because people aren't coached right as they're coming up. I, I, I don't know. I, you know, and there used to be organizations like I guess the Dodgers. Yeah. Back in the day, they would teach you from like single way how to play the and Dodger I, way. Right. You and know. I'll give the Dodgers credit. The Dodgers ran a, a rundown as perfectly as you could. Yeah. But in reality, with one out, 
being on second and being on third is not a big deal because a single is going to score you. Yeah, well, hey, look. he's But see, and, and maybe this year at least, maybe some of it had to do with not really having as much spring training. Perhaps. You know? I mean, I know in football, I think a lot of the crap football you're seeing can be attributed to the fact that they really, you know, they didn't play any exhibition games. They didn't. Right. They didn't hit each other basically till the season started, and um, I like sports has changed, you know. And I'm an old man, so I see things and I'll go, you know, I, why? Like, why would you do that? Why, you know, what? And there, there is no explanation. There's not, no. you know, it's um, it, it's a, a lot of players now are me first. It's it's all about the individual. Look at me. Um, and that, hey, look, they're great athletes. They're great players. They, when they do great things, they can point to themselves and say, look what I just did. You know, I hit the ball over the wall. I did this. I did that. That That's, you know, that's um, – but I think the best players are the ones that just do it and don't say a damn word. Um, you know. We should point out uh, before we go, college football, obviously the top two teams showed why they're the top two teams in Clemson and Alabama. Uh, Ohio State enters the week. Uh, well, first ten, first Big Ten weekend coming up this weekend. Ohio State will enter it as the fifth ranked team, and Penn State number eight, um, playing at Indiana next Sunday before those two meet up uh, in two weeks. Uh, in what will probably be the Big Ten game of the year. I mean, you know, was there anything in college football that kind of piqued your eye this weekend? No, college football, well, North Carolina losing to Florida State. Florida State was, was a bad one. Yeah, Shouldn't happen. And not just that they lost. They were down 31-7, which is hard to do. Um, you know, Notre Dame didn't look great, but they, they won at home. So mm-hmm. they're, they're probably going to be unbeaten when they play Clemson. I don't know what that's going to mean. Georgia, a, Georgia a, falls to four in the ranking. Yeah, in a normal year. The, the the Notre Dame Clemson game would be great because there'd be seventy people in, in South Bend, right? Going absolutely berserk. Whether that would mean they, you know, I don't what that would mean. I don't know. And to, but there won't be, you know, it won't be that atmosphere. No. Um, you know, I mean, look, Alabama and Clemson are the two best teams, but that doesn't mean one of them. You know, I mean, the last five years they've been the two best teams, so. You know, ever since Ohio State won, I think Ohio State won in 15, right? Right. Or 14. No, was it 14? 14. I think it might have been 14 um, when Urban won. Um, and then Bama won, I think, the next year. Then Clemson. Then Bama. They, they, they sort of took turns. I don't know. I, I lose track now. But, I mean, they're the two best teams most years. Georgia's one of those. Yeah. I mean, Georgia was winning that game. Mm-hmm. They were leading at halftime, and then they didn't score in the second half. Against a Bama defense that isn't that good, um, relatively. But you know that that's what it, it did. It surprise me. No, I thought Alabama would probably win, but I didn't know what Saban's situation was. Um, how good is Ohio State? I have no idea. Everybody seems to think they're really good. Um, I mean, we talked about this earlier. I mean, you could have a Georgia team that could lose twice to Alabama. Mm-hmm. If they play again. You could have you a Notre Dame State who... team that could lose twice to Ohio State. Yeah. And you could have a Notre Dame team that could lose twice to Clemson. So, and I'm not saying all those things are going to happen. I'm just saying they could. Sure. What that does to a college football playoff when you're trying to come up with two other teams, I have no idea. Um, because Oklahoma already has two losses. Mm-hmm. 
And well, I, I'm looking. At, I'm looking. You know, ESPN does this playoff predictor thing, which is they use yeah. their power rankings and all that. They have Clemson, Alabama at over eighty percent to make the playoff. They have Ohio State right now at sixty eight point three, and they have Wisconsin. By the way, the second place Big Ten team. Uh, well, that's true. Yeah, Wisconsin might be better than Penn right. State. I don't even know if Wisconsin plays Penn State. Right, and they would have Georgia as like the next of the yeah, of the one loss probably, teams, the highest at twenty eight percent. Yeah, I mean that that all probably makes sense. I yeah. mean, but you know, who's to say Georgia couldn't lose a game? Be- right before they put play Bama, or I mean, here could be the weird thing: like Georgia could lose two games and then beat Bama. And, and I'm assuming Bama is going to win. The well, West. and I would also assume that you know, if you want to take this out too, they don't. They have Notre Dame at seven percent, and part of that could be, okay, Notre Dame is undefeated, but Notre Dame would, in all likelihood, have to play uh, uh, Clemson twice, and the idea that probably knocks them down. And they don't play Miami. They don't play Miami, but they do play North Carolina. Okay, so they could lose to Carolina. I mean, one of those teams is going to lose. Yeah, I mean, Carolina is not a bad team, even though they they lost to Florida State. They're not. I mean, they're not a bad team. I mean, look, every college year for the last five years, it's the same. You go in, you say Clemson, Bama, Oklahoma has been in there almost every year. They might not be this year, and then mm-hmm. you pick a fourth team. And then, I mean, the Big Ten hasn't even been in the playoff two of the last three years. No, I believe. Which is, you know, when you think about it, it's a little like whoa. Um, but the SEC's gotten a second team in because Georgia got in a couple years. Georgia should have won the title the year that, you know, Tua came off the bench and beat them. Right. Which I guess was two years ago, right? No, yeah. that was. Tua came off the no, bench. That was three years ago. That was three years ago. Right. It was two years ago, um, Clemson beat, beat Bama in the title game. Um, that was the year when Jalen won the SEC final coming off the bench to, to beat Georgia. And last year was. Um, LSU just went, you know, smoked everybody. Georgia um, Georgia has one ranked team left on its league schedule or on, on its regular season schedule, and that's Florida in two weeks. Yeah, they could lose that game. Florida's pretty Florida's pretty good. You know, I mean, even though the, you know the coach has COVID now, I mean, uh, unbelievable. Yeah, Dan Mullen, please. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I would look. I I don't wish any ill will on anybody, but he opens up his mouth Alf. about something stupid that he didn't have to open because he was mad that he lost the game at Texas A&M mm-hmm. and Texas A&M had fans in stands because his team fumbled the ball way late. Okay. And then you get COVID. I mean, come on, man. And now like t- 10, 15 people on in the program, you know, and he came out with the statement that we've been doing so great, which they had. Yeah. Just, you know, just please just, 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 you know, and I'm, t- I'm trying to find it hard to figure out how Nick Saban tests positive on a Tuesday. And then has two negative tests. As as Booger McF- as Booger McFarland said, yeah, they were using an independent SEC lab, but they they had a private jet waiting at the runway to take that sample, and it was it was expedited, if you know what I mean. You know, on both ends. But does he mean does he mean they cheated or it was expedited? He thinks it was expedited. Well, but I still, Kevin, I don't understand everything about the COVID. Okay, mm-hmm. but to me, even when the president got it, it still took him like five or six days. The, they're and, and assuming there was, that it was a false positive when the okay, SEC. Well, that's fine then. Okay, okay, I'll buy that. But if if a sixty-five-year-old Nick Saban or whatever he is, sixty-seven, test positive on a Tuesday or I think it was a Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm trying to yep. remember today. Yep, and then is able to coach on Saturday. I mean, it had to it be screwed a false up. positive because yeah. there's no way that he would have been allowed to do that. So, 
But hey, you know, uh, Temple barely beats South Florida. They go to yeah. Memphis next week. They get Tulane on the road. They basically play three of their next four on the road. I thought they played Memphis next week. They do. They play Memphis next week. Yeah. Then they play and Memphis at, just had a huge win. Right. Uh, fifty to forty nine. Another one of those low scoring games in the American. Yeah. In any league, it's, yeah. it, it, you know, the guy missed a field goal and then got in an argument on the sidelines. Uh, with, with, I, I don't know what happened. It was weird, but they, they will not be favored at Memphis. No, uh, they beat you. They beat UCF fifty forty nine. Yeah, fifty forty nine, and and uh, I mean, look, you, South Florida is not real good, but again, it was only Temple's second game, so right. You know, who the hell knows what to make of any of this? I mean, they have had two games now, and both have come down to a two point conversion at the end. Yeah. Uh, they missed one, and they stopped one. And then they. So, this is a tough stretch, though, because you get two games yeah. on the road with Memphis. Tulane. Tulane is not horrible. No, they just played SMU. To but pl- a, and to playing an on the road game. and playing on the road is going to yeah. be difficult this year. Yeah. And, um, and, and then you get thir- what's their third game in that stretch? You said they had. Three well, they games. have they have four four games, in a, well three on the road, one at home, and the one at home is SMU. Yeah, that won't be easy. And then I mean, at look, UCF. There's some good teams in Temple's League. Not mm-hmm. great. UCF is good. Memphis is good. Cincinnati's number nine. Cincinnati's very good. But they almost beat Cincinnati last year. Yeah, they late did. in the year for the game that would have, I think, might have given them the division title, title if I'm right. not yep. mistaken. But SMU's good. Now, they won't. You know, I mean, they won't lose all those games. But, you know, this is a year. Temple's just trying to get to a bowl game. You know, you, you, and I, what that means, I don't know, because there may be some teams with losing records that go to bowl games. I don't think any – I don't think – here's the weird thing, Kevin. I haven't even looked this far ahead, but are all these bowl games going to be played? You know, it's – I mean, like, are you going to go and, – and they're not even picking the teams for the playoffs, right, until, like, December to – The, 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 the week before December Christmas, before. right. So, if you're going to have – so, like, if you're the Rose Bowl – well, that's a bad example. But if you're like a bowl game that's waiting to see like who gets into playoffs, so your bowl. I mean, it, it, I'm not sure like all forty some bowl games are necessarily going to get played this year. No, I'm what actually happened? I'm actually looking at this. Well, there are some that have been like the the ones that were the I think the Hawaii Bowl has been postponed. Right. Okay. Um, I'll look this up. Go ahead. You were talking you realize, about this. You realize like right now, think about this. Hawaii is basically shut down. I mean, like the people in Hawaii basically are allowed to go to work, go home. I think you're allowed to go to the beach, but you can't go with like like if you have three kids, you can't take all three kids to the beach. You can take like one. I mean, and I don't know why that is. I don't know like if it's really bad out there or they're just trying to prevent it. But I mean, I can just see situations, you know, um, you know, trying to fill all the bowl games. With teams, and, and like, you know, I, I mean, are people really going to care about bowl games this year? Other than some of the bigger ones, um, you know, I mean, will the Rose Bowl be the Rose Bowl? Will there be forty thousand people from the Midwest going to Pasadena and not being allowed in? Yeah, I mean, I mean we don't know what the pandemic's going to be like a month and a half from now. Yeah, and I, you know, it's um. It's it's we, we we live in a world where everything's a question mark. It really is. There, there's no guarantee the Super Bowl is going to be played on the day the Super Bowls. And how many people are going to be at the Super Bowl? Not a lot. I mean, are, 
Well, but I mean, if they like, I mean, usually it's in Tampa this year, right? Yeah. So Tampa holds about 80. I'm guessing, I'm just guessing the stadium holds around 80. But you know how Super Bowl cities get. I mean, you know, people flock to the city. You're not going to be able to do that this year, are you? No. No. So it's it's going to be really weird. It's going to be, you know, I think college football is just trying to go week to week. You know, well, hope they I mean, there was five games, I think, canceled this week. Two, two bowl games, by the way, have been canceled. Bahamas Bowl and Hawaii Bowl. Okay. Right, and they're both and they both involve out out of out of out well of, not out of the country but but long distance know, travel out of main out of the mainland. Well, you know, actually think about this, Kevin. If Temple was going to the Bahamas Bowl, let's just say for sake of argument, right? That's an easier trip than going to California if there was a bowl game in California. Yeah, I'm I'm, mean, I'm looking by the way at the bowls. Annapolis baby. Annapolis. Oh, is- dude, dude, don't even talk about Annapolis because I, I actually have a list of the bowl games here, right? You you ready to hear some of them? The Fenway Bowl. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. The no. Myrtle Beach Bowl. I'm in for that one. That is pool versus pool, which is probably Ohio and Coastal Carolina, according to Jerry Palm. Where where the hell are they going to play that? Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina, I would assume. The Los Angeles Bowl. The Frisco Bowl. How many bowls are there? One, two, three, four, five, six. Looks like the full slate. So there's over forty. Yeah, I mean you well, you, yeah, you, you have what? your you have your your six your your New Year six. You okay. Good luck to them because I'm going to watch like three of them. Um, I, I just don't. I won't care. I, I mean, I might pay attention to Temples if they're in one. Uh, the playoffs, obviously, I'll watch. Which are the Rose and the Sugar this year? They're the Rose and the Sugar. Okay. Um, the peach, you know, the but, but there's also but there's also a Rose Bowl, isn't there? No, it is the Rose Bowl is a is the semifinal game this year, and that's scheduled for what date? January first. Oh, oh, okay, I got you. So they're going okay. They're not having them. Like no, December the Rose and the Sugar are the semifinals, and they're both on January. 1st. And they're both January first. The title games any, in Miami. Are there any other games on January first? The Peach Bowl, uh, the Citrus Bowl, and the Outback Bowl. And they're all earlier in the day. They're all earlier in the day, yeah. Right, because... And right, the, okay. And the Fiesta and the Orange are both playing on the second, which is the Saturday. Okay. So, that's... Yeah. But aren't there NFL games that Saturday? No, because it's the last NFL... Or it's the last week of the NFL season. And they don't play games on Saturday? I thought they... No, I, no. They're playing... This year, they're playing every one of those games on Sunday during the day. Okay. Okay. Um, is that the Eagles-Dallas week? Or is it the Eagles-Dallas the week before that? That it, Eagles Dallas is the week before. It's before Eagles Washington. I got you. I got uh, you. By the way, it, there are five games on December thirty first, and I'll watch none of them. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't even know who. Like you know, bowl games have lost their, their relevancy. They they they, they, they have. have. I, I and this is not like a revelation. This is not something that happened this year. This no, it's been happening. But once you put playoffs in. Um, it it just I mean the Rose Bowl will always be the Rose Bowl because you know and maybe you get you get uh you know the Orange Bowl or the Fiesta Bowl does something for you, but you just get these bowl games where you have seven and five you, team playing you, eight and fourteen. You mean like the Duke's Mayo Bowl, which I is the Charlotte Bowl 
The former yeah. Belk Bowl is now the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I know, like I said, the only people to care about those bowls are mm-hmm. the teams playing and the betters, and that's and that's the bottom line. People will bet anything, so you know, from a from a financial standpoint, people will be betting. I get all that, but um, and if you ever expand the playoffs to eight teams, which I think will happen at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, when I don't know, but probably, you know, it's still a ways down the road, but it'll happen. It'll take even less because you're going to have to play. Yeah. And you're going to have to get rid of, of some playoff of these. games like around December to the, uh, like, you know, the 18th or the 20th. Like, you're right. Nobody really cares about like the pinstripe bowl, you no. know? Except if Syracuse is playing um, Notre Dame. Well, yeah, but put a non-Notre Dame team in there. Syracuse and North Carolina. Right. Well, they're two ACC teams. That one out. But yeah, Syracuse and Temple. I'll just throw those two out there. Nobody cares except Syracuse and Temple. Right. They don't. Nobody buys tickets to bowl games anymore. No. Like um, like Jerry pa- TV. Our buddy Jerry Palm has his projections out already, which is a little early, but I get it. He has That's vir- what he does. Yeah, it's Virginia and Purdue. He has at that point. So boy, I'm ex- I'm that that I'm excited about that game. That that follows, by the way, on the TV schedule, the military bowl, which is Annapolis, which you I'm and I have you. we've done that one. I've done it twice. I did um, the uh, well. The one also was at RFK. Remember? Yeah, I did that. Yeah, we and we, that one was the that was the one we almost drove off the road. Well, that's true. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's a very good point. Um, um, I mean, it's it's like seriously, nobody. Why they do this, I, they think there's a redeeming value. To me, back in the 70s, mm-hmm. when I was, you know, getting, I was a college football fan. And I think maybe, the, I used to do a football pool every year when I first started Daily News. Yeah. So there was 15 bowl games. I remember that distinctly. And you had to pick the winners in all 15 and, and, and all this kind of thing. And there was 15 games. And every game, you know, for, and not every game, but most of them meant something. Right, because you didn't go to a bowl game was a reward for a good season. Well, now it's a reward for going six and six. Well, I used to have this argument in our office. Did you know Brad Wilson? Uh, uh, Brad used to be a writer at Allentown or at uh, I'm sorry at uh, Easton. The uh, name sounds familiar. Yeah, you would know Brad. And Brad's line was, he loved bowl games because quote twenty four teams had a shot to finish with a a a, a win. Wrong. I don't care. It's wrong. I I I'm right. I understand the college kids. It's a great experience for a college kid to say he went to a bowl game. And the swag's pretty good. I get it. I I, I but when people and I, I can only use Temple as the example because I don't I'm not picking on Temple, but it's this team I covered. But when people start talking about being bowl eligible, like even when Matt Rule was there, and it was like, well, you know, if we get to six and six, we're we're bowl eligible. And I'm like, okay, but what does that mean? Like you know, I, I, I just, you know, if you're eight and four, yes, you should go to a bowl game or, or you know, but it just, um, I don't know. It's, yeah. But, but again, I'm not looking at it from the standpoint of the kid that gets to go to a game mm-hmm. and you know, that might be a big deal for the kid. Yeah. So, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I should be a little bit more, I'm just saying from my standpoint of what, who the hell can watch 40 bowl games? No, I, especially this year, because there's not going to be a, for, uh, there's not going to be 80 quality teams. And, and you know that first week, the one they call ESPN Bowl, Bowl week, week or whatever. Before Christmas. Every game stinks. Oh, every I mean, game before Christmas is, is awful. 
Yeah, you might get like one good one. Yeah, yeah you might. Get there are game. there are t- eleven bowl games before Christmas this year, yeah. and I love the ones that have like Conference USA and that other league that, that um, Sun Belt, the Sun Belt, and nobody knows who those teams are. Mm-hmm. There, and and you're just sitting there and you're watching like Louisiana play, you you know somebody, and you're and you can't name a player on either team, and you know, but one team's minus three and a half, so hey, let's bet it. The, the Kamal the Camilla Bowl, yeah, I, yeah, I remember that one. In our, in Morgan uh, Montgomery, Alabama, the best one was the uh, Boca Raton Bowl. Nah, the Pool and Weed Eater Bowl that used to it be was, in Shreveport, which is now yes. just the Independence Bowl. The Pool and Weed Eater Bowl it was it was. I mean, I remember the year when Adazio made the bowl game, the one out in New Mexico, right? And it was the first bowl game. It was the first, and he made such a big deal about. How this, it was great that they were kicking off the bowl season mm-hmm. and everybody's going to be, and I'm thinking like Steve. Nobody's it was watching. Like a pile, it was a pile of manure. And I understand why he had to say it. Yeah, he's got, he's got to beef up his program and he's got to, but it's just like, it's, it's, you know, I didn't have to pay attention to it. I mean, you know, because I knew it was a pile of manure, but, you know, and, and Temple actually wound up winning and it was their first bowl win, mm-hmm. I think, ever. No, no, no. The first bowl win since um, the Garden State Bowl in um, 79. Um, but that, when Temple went to a bowl that year, that was, that was when there was only 15 bowls. Yeah. And they played Cal and they won the game. And it was a big deal for Temple to beat Cal. They came all the way across country to get beat by the Owls. In, um, in but, Annapolis. Uh, yeah. No, no. It was in um, it was up in the Meadowlands. Oh, okay. It was a Garden the State Garden Bowl. State Bowl. Uh, yeah. Jerry's, by the way, uh, four has Oregon as the fourth team in. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Look, we don't. I don't know anything about the Pac-12 other than I think SC was supposed to be decent. He has SC um, and he has SC in the uh, New Year's Six Bowl at yeah, King Fiesta. And, and, and Oregon, I guess if Oregon, look, if you go unbeaten, you're going to get considered because mm-hmm. there aren't going to be that many unbeaten teams. There never is. So. If Oregon runs the table and there's no non-league games this year, I guess so. No. It basically means they got. But we see upsets all the time, you know, especially out west. You know, you know, all of a sudden hours you'll play Arizona State. You know, and the game gets over at one o'clock on a Saturday night, and mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, if Oregon and Oregon was good last year, they won the Rose Bowl, right? Yeah, I think I think they were t- eleven and two. I think they yeah, finished. that was with Herbert. Um, yeah, with the uh, the guy Cristobal, right? Right. Their coach, yeah, who actually was in line for the Temple job at one point. I think when <laughs> Matt got the job, I think Cristobal was, and then he went down to somewhere in Florida, I think, and coached um, one of those teams down there, and he did okay, like an FIU or an FAU, and and then and he got ended up in Oregon, right, as an right, offense because, coordinator, right? Because Matt Matt could have had the Oregon job, right. But apparently they didn't offer him as much um, money as uh, Baylor, as many years as Baylor. Right. So he went to Baylor, and I think he's done pretty well for himself. I think he has. Uh, Before we say goodbye, uh, as many of you know, uh, our good buddy Jack Shore uh, passed away on Friday uh, after really what was a two-year battle. Um, He had cancer, and we had mentioned him on this show earlier last week. Uh, We want to send condolences to the family um I, god knows mike i mean you're you, you're in a place of honor with him in the palestra as far as the pictures uh, on the wall how about that about all the media members and and, and all the fond memories of sin next to jack i got sure. hair in that picture yes you do <laughs> um uh, the, uh 
just yeah, there was there was nothing, not many things better than sitting next to Jack. Oh, never at, at a college basketball game. I didn't sit with him, like I didn't cover the Phillies like you guys did. So, yeah. I, um, but yeah, at a, at a college basketball game, I mean, you know, it was, it was Jack Jimmy O'Connell from the AP, who Hoops. we lost a couple years ago. Hoops. Yep. Um, yeah, two two thousand twenty's been a really shitty year, Kevin. Yeah, in so many ways. Uh, but we've lost a lot of good people this year. You know, and, and the year's not over, which scares me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know what, though? Jack's in a better place. I mean, you know, I never want to see people suffer. And it's easy for me to say when I'm not the one, you know, I remember the last time I saw Jack was probably at a sports writers meeting. Yeah, we saw him that one night over in Jersey. Yeah. And over he, at you know, you and he was he struggling. Struggling a little bit, but still trying. And, um, you know, so, uh, it, you know, I remember – yeah, you know, all those pickup games at the Palestra, Jesus, on Wednesdays, I mean, um, the trivia questions, the, yeah. uh, um, you know, just... V- v- you know, VVBH or VVGH, which was... Was that very, very bad hoops or, or very... Or very, very good hoops. Good hoops, bad hoops. Um, and he's a Northeast Philly guy, which... Yeah. You know, and, makes uh, it even better. Yeah, and he, uh, he, he, he was a coach at my alma mater, which I found out accidentally. Uh, a couple years ago when I was sitting next to him. You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Okay, no. yeah. Um, when, when we were stringing for AP, and I think I mentioned this earlier, but I'll mention it again. Uh, you know, Mike mentioned Jack's trivia questions. He was a walking encyclopedia, especially when you got the hoops. Um, and, and the other part that I loved was you would walk in these visiting locker rooms in baseball, and, and I'll give the example of, of – the nationals when dusty baker was manager and dusty knew jack because jack had been around for so long but jack never used the tape recorder jack would literally like scribble a few words on his notepad and so you would like especially if you were working for ap i've done some string for ap and everything and you know jack would go to the losing locker room i go to the phillies or vice versa and something it's like hey jack can you give me a quote you know, and Jack would get me a couple quotes and everything, and it would be verbatim. You would read later verbatim that he would recite it off the top of his mind, and, and he was in the early to mid-80s at that point, and, and it was, he would recite every quote verbatim what a person said. It's a remarkable ability he had, but this is what he was, and he was... I would mention anybody that's thinking of getting into journalism, yeah. this is my one of my regrets, is I never took shorthand. And Stan Hockman, yeah, because I didn't like to use a tape recorder either. Because only, I mean, when I had time to transcribe, that was great. But when I didn't, I would write stuff down. If I got a quote a little bit wrong, I usually got it ninety nine percent right. Um, but Stan would write things shorthand, yeah, and he'd be sitting there like a court stenographer. You know, I never saw Stan use a tape recorder. No, um, and and I thought. What a great idea that is. Like, but by then I was already like, you know, about 30 and I didn't feel like doing it. But I mean, my God, what an advantage that is to be able just to take shorthand. <laughs> Jesus. And, God. and maybe that's what Jack did. I mean, but I don't but know. Jack, but Jack had like, it was because if you were double check a quote after Jack left, Jack would give you his quote and you would write it down or you would record it. And then you would check it out with somebody who was in the room and it was word for word. Exactly. It was amazing. And it's uh, yeah. it's a tr- it's a tribute to what 
a great reporter he was, but you know, we've all thought and what we've mourned uh, in the last couple of days has been how great a person he was. This is not always a business where people have a hundred percent popularity. Um, Jack was one of them. You know, it's funny though, Kevin, I've been thinking about this because I use the term, like I, I wrote a little something in my fraud five that I do for Glenn Papazian's website. And I, at the end, I put a little bit about Jack, you know, I yeah. just said, this, this is not fraud five. This is just, Jack Shore tribute kind of thing. How many guys in our business that I'll call a good guy? And I know that's Don Tolfson's old line. and But it's the truth, though. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys. Like, there's not a lot of guys in our business that are bad guys that will sit there and say, yeah, you know what? And we know who they are. Right. I mean, you and I know who they but, are. And- but, but how rare is it, though, that you get 100% approval from reporters? Oh, yeah. From uh, Because there's, there's egos involved. Sure. In our business, and, and some people get their egos, in, uh, you know, ruffled by by some things. And but I could throw you out. I could throw and you out. and the people he covered. That's the other part of this yeah, too. Coaches, true. you know, he asked tough questions, but it wasn't accusatory. And, and but people, I could throw out like ten or fifteen names to you right now in our business, and and probably two thirds of them, the seventy five percent, you probably say, good guy. Yeah, you know, good guy, and then and there's always a couple that you're, you know, you're not maybe sure about. I mean, I don't know what people think about me. Maybe, maybe yeah, who who the hell knows? Uh, I am who I am. Uh, we all are who we are. But Jack was just, you know, you you, you never, you know, Phil Jasner was kind of like that. You yeah, know, there's, you just never really heard people say like bad things about him. No, people, um, people who grumbled about Phil was. Uh, because Phil was so good at what he did that he would normally beat their rear end. Yeah, but that don't count. No. Like, that wasn't they, – they weren't talking about Phil. They were just like, you know – I mean, Joe Giuliano, my, one of my great friends, used to have the, the line – he covered the Sixers for like four years. Uh-huh. And he said his greatest fear, every morning he ran out to get a daily news to see what Phil had written, to see if like he, he'd written something that Joe didn't have. Yeah. And, and and I thought that was like the ultimate compliment. That is the ultimate compliment. Um, it is. But, you know, and too many of those people aren't. And look, Kevin, I'm probably getting to that age where, I mean, I hope I'm not that close, but you, you, we're, you know, I'm, I'm going to be saying that about other people in this profession that we're mm-hmm. going to lose. I mean, Jack lived to be 88, which is, you know, I don't know if I'm going to make and, it. And there's been a couple of our colleagues the last couple of years, and I don't want to get into their names, but there have been a couple of colleagues in the last couple of years that have had health scares. Sure. Um, Absolutely. That we that we've worried about. One of them is is a close friend of yours and mine. Who I checked in with yesterday, and uh, to see how he was doing. Um, this this is just the way it is, and 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 unfortunately though, it, whenever it whenever it leaves, and Gargano mentioned this the other day when we were talking about we were talking about the vet and the press box and, and what the scene was. It, it almost takes you back to a more romantic time of when. You know, the press boxes were like, you know, the men's club and, and not saying, you know, that is a sexist term, but it was like, you know, you had cigarette smoke and cigars and beer. Well, it's, and, it's a different time now. Yeah. People, you know, we weren't writing for social media. Idiot. We weren't writing yeah. like three times during a game, or at least I wasn't. Right. I mean, I don't know how everybody else was. I, I had the luxury, God bless working at the daily news. I could watch games. Yeah. I could sit there and watch the game and not have to worry about with seven minutes to go that I had to file 10 inches because God forbid some guy in Altoona needed to read those five inches. Um, 
and and I could observe and I could pick stuff up yeah. and and it made your stories better. And now journalism isn't like that. I mean, it's 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 not their fault, but I guarantee you that Les Bowen is writing his game story during the game. Yeah, and well, very how do little. You do that. Yeah, I, I mean, mean really. I I used to have to do it with baseball. Sure, you did. Um, Joe Giuliano had to do it all the time. Yeah. The guys at the Inquirer had to do it all the time. And I would sit there and I would just be like, nobody cares about that 10 inches of running that you're writing. But they had to fill the 10 And, and that was part of the reason why in my last three or four years on the baseball beat, my editor, Jeff Biteman, who I give a lot of credit to, Jeff kind of said, ignore the gamer, do columns. Ignore the yeah. gamer, do columns. Because more people, truth. more people were into the column idea. Now, you know, and you mentioned about the advantage you guys had at the Daily News. I remember seeing a Daily News writer, and I'm not going to name him, plop four beers on a, on a table the one time and go, yep, this should get me through, you know, in the old days of the vet when, you know, you used to be able to, to write like that. You used to go back to the, to the club. Uh, the, they had the little lounge in the back, and you can grab beer, and, you know, because he had more time, and he was able to craft a better story, and it was way better. Nobody cares in today's world about play-by-play. And I hate to break that because some of my best friends that that that's what they're told to do. That's what they have to do. You have to file, you know, something when the game ends, and and nobody cares. It, it, and that's, I mean, I was lucky enough that 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 I didn't have to, you know, our game stories were never game stories no. per se. That's what Dick Girardi used to say all the time. He goes, you know, somebody said you guys need to read a follow, write a follow. Which means that that you would write something for the next day, right? After and and Dick said, "No, why, why do we have to do that? Our our game stories aren't game stories, and that's what kind of separated us from the Inquirer because the Inquirer was on a much tighter deadline. Mm-hmm. They were the paper of record. We weren't necessarily the paper of record, but um, now, you know, you read and and that's why I admire these guys like Matt Breen and Scott Lauber and and other guy. I could mention all those guys." And I read their stories, and and I know some people might not think they're like like that great, but if you know how they were, the conditions under which they were writing those stories, they are great. Because you know, for all I know, Matt Breen might have had five minutes to write a story, yeah. or write his lead, or whatever. Um, and and, and, that's, and, that, and the one thing that the Athletic has done for people who are really want to get deep in the weeds in this, the we the Athletic has. A, a a base that they still allow that kind of daily news writing of being able to take some time, get your thoughts together, put them together for a good story for the next morning. Cause you're smart. Yeah. Because people aren't going to buy the athletic to read the game stuff. Right. It, it's just that they don't have to, they're not the, they're not the, but they don't have, they don't, yeah, they don't have the paper monster. They have to feed either. There, there was a, a point of view. I, I used to remember several people that daily news used to say at some point, that papers would be better off just running an AP game story. Yep, with an analyst and have, piece. Have have me or Dick Girardi, whoever was at the game, just write something. Yeah. You know, just write something different. Just write something. Um, I I don't know what people want to read. I mean, you know, some people might want to read a game story. I, I I don't. You know, I don't know. Uh, but you know. Um. All right. So we're scheduled to be back on Tuesday. Uh. We are we're scheduled to be joined, and again, things are subject to change here. Uh, by Jeff McLean from the Inquirer, uh, who will join us to talk about the Eagles as they head into the Giant game uh, next week, and talk about the different issues that are in play here as, as they 
try to get back on track and, and stay competitive in this division. So, and then I think Jeff, Jeff asked an interesting question today too, but I can't now. It's, I'm, I'm I can't remember it, but I remember when it was Jeff's turn. Right. He asked a question that was kind of a little poking a needle too. But that's Jeff. But I don't think Jeff, that, Jeff don't is think, Jeff is great at getting. But I don't think he the was question that should be asked in. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was a. It was. It was something that I. It might have been something about Jalen Hurts. It, it might have been the question about the. And I could have this totally wrong. Uh, but did you consider using Hurts on the more? goal line? No, no, no. Not the goal line, but just like more in the second half. I guess because of what he had done. I think that was the question. I'm actually. I, I, I actually have the transcription in front of me. What were the analytics going for two? There you go. It's seventeen it six, and at the time it gives you the best possibility to win the game. That's right. That in the situation, the you go for two, and then you're down a touchdown, and a field goal wins the game. Yeah, obviously a thing stays status quo. Just gave us the best thing, and then I'm looking to see if you had another question. Do here. you think Doug really believes that? Do I think, think I think that? somebody is in his ear saying to do that. Yeah, but but his his explanation, Kevin, makes no sense. I, 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 I he can he can couch it any way he wants. But what he's basically saying is, if new if the Baltimore's don't score again the rest of the game, now we can score another touchdown and win the game with a field goal, eighteen seventeen. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Well, that's ridiculous. It is. Um, and and I'm giving Doug I'm giving Doug every stretch of the imagination because you know his gambles have paid. Yeah, I'm not. But in that situation, like everybody was saying, Doug getting to 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 within. A nine as opposed to ten doesn't change anything. If you were getting within eight, like if he had been down sixteen to nothing at that point, had scored and said we're going for two, I'll say okay, hey, yeah, you got you, okay, you got nothing to lose because you're going to be down ten if you don't make it, right? And you'll be down eight if you do, and you can tie the game with the, but but getting to to nine, there are certain numbers that, that you don't, don't want to get to, yeah, exactly, and 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 that's that, yeah, I knew Jeff asked some kind of question. Yep. I thought it was Jalen Hurts, but it must have been somebody else that asked the Jalen Hurts question. So, Anyway, all right, partner. I will see you on Tuesday. You got it, man. Take care. All right. Our thanks to you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed our Sunday look at the Eagles and everything else going on. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. This has been Work of the Beat.